Everybody, welcome to the uh, Midweek Podcast presented by our friends at Yoshimura Racing. Uh, I'm Don Maeda, and I'm joined today by a really good friend of mine, Charles Dow of Icon Sports Alliance. Is that the name of it now? It it's has actually, changed a couple yeah, we, times. Yeah, we, we did a, uh, a rebrand on the company, so it was Icon Fitness Studio. Icon Fitness. For yeah. a while, it was like Faux 99. <laughs> fitness that's, that's right <laughs> exactly then all the family came and expected his freaking handouts and ah had to change it yeah exactly <laughs> okay so uh if you're easily offended i suggest turning this off because charles definitely. and i have a very good uh relationship mostly it's talking shit on each other that's all it is but uh <laughs> but dude so okay so you uh you own a very successful prolific in our sport uh, fitness studio in Murrieta. Yes, sir. Right around the corner from KTM. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you have trained some of the biggest names in our sport, freestyle and racing. That's good. So, uh, give me the uh, give me the summary, dude. Like, how, how how did you start the gym? Man, you know it's crazy. Um, when I moved out from Orange County to uh, Marietta in '03. Um, I'd come out to open up a, a training facility, actually a big sports club called uh, Evolution Fitness at the mm-hmm. time. Took a couple years to kind of get our feet going and whatnot. And I was fresh out of college and uh, my boss at the time had brought me in and said, hey, man, I want you to take over the training at, uh, aspect of, of uh, you know, our, our, our new venture. I was like, all right, let's go. Let's dive in. And all of a sudden, everywhere I saw were trucks and dirt bikes. I'm like, what is it? Sport, man. Like... <laughs> And uh, coming from a, a traditional background in exercise physiology, um, athletic training, I was just like, man, I, I was really intrigued, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and I ran into one of the guys, Ronnie Feist, you know, Kung Fu Feist. And yeah. he was the first rider that I ever worked with. And we kind of clicked just because we have a passion for martial arts together, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, he's tatted up. He's into martial arts. And, you know, we just clicked. Super funny, dude. And uh, from dude, there, Ronnie Feist is like a hard boiled egg, right? It's white on the outside, yeah, and yellow on the yellow inside. On the baby. inside. <laughs> That's right, yeah, exactly. He loves the dim sum, but uh, yeah, so kind of linked up with him and um, you know, started uh, he connected me with David Pingry, so we did some stuff with him. And next thing you know, I've like, got what, what year is this you working with Feist? Uh, early back, 2000s, yeah, yeah, mid 2000s, I would say like 05, 06. Mm-hmm. So he kind of got me connected with all the X Games guys, all the freestyle guys, and then uh, ran into Mr. Stenberg and started connecting with him, and he mm-hmm. started dominating. And then uh, next thing you know, I kind of started working with with a couple um, racers. Uh, at the time, uh, my racer that I was working with was Josh Hill mm-hmm. um, and Josh Hansen, and they were going out slaying it and doing what they do best. And then I connected with Brian Deegan. And then from there, it just kind of took off, you know. So yeah. it's very fortunate to have that opportunity. And like I said, uh, Ping ended up taking on that team manager job for TLD. Mm-hmm. And then I got my foot in the door with that. So I'm really grateful for that opportunity. And yeah, weren't you like the team trainer for that? Yeah, I was the team trainer. I was that one was of the like first the Jesse Nelson era? Yep, yep. Um, Christian Craig, Cole Seeley, you know, all those guys. So, mm-hmm. um, man, what, what it opened up a huge window for me. And, man, I'm so grateful for that. So. When did it become your own deal? Like you said, you got brought out to... Yeah, so, you know, I decided to to leave my first venture of Evolution Fitness. I wasn't the owner at the time. I was just the director of training. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when I had my first daughter, Brooklyn, um, in 07, I decided, I'm like, you know what? I got to go ahead and take that risk. And I gotta, I'm going to venture off and, and do my own thing. And hence, Icon came about. Dude, how... Okay. 
how scary is it to launch your own business, right? Oh. Because I, I guess you're you you've got an entrepreneurial spirit, right? Because like when we launched Swalmot Alive, it was out of necessity, you know, because we got the Transworld rug pulled out from under us, and you know everybody's like, yeah, do your do it on your own, do it on your own. But I never thought it would be the way it is. No, a hundred percent. And and it's it's scary, <clears throat> it's risky. And at the time, I was in this transition in my life where I've got not only myself to take care of, but another human being, you know, mm -hmm. I'd never, I was young. I was 25 years old, 24 when we were pregnant, 25 when she was born. And I was scared, man. I was like, man, I can't keep making this type of money, freaking putting this many hours. Like how am I going to put, you know, shirt on her back? Yeah. So I decided to take that risk. And, um, honestly I had no formal education as far as business yeah. entrepreneurship goes, but I knew that I was very passionate about training. And one thing that my grandmother has told me is if, you know, follow your passion and whatever you end up doing, try and be the best at it. Mm -hmm. Focus on that and, and, you know, having some integrity with the, you know, the name that's on your back and then everything will fall in place. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, um, you know, that 15 years later, it's, it's paying off. So fortunately meeting guys like you and connecting with you after all these years, um, guys that have really kind of helped me network and, and put me in the right, you know, places, um, the entire KTM group, you know, mm -hmm. we're heavily entrenched with them. Um, so yeah, man, just, just such a cool industry and, uh, it's, it's a huge risk, huge yeah. risk, but, uh, so now, so you're what, 12, 15 years, 15 years now, 15 years yep. in with icon. I mean, are you, have you reached the point yet where you're like, okay, my business is going to make it like, or at what point did you hit that? Holy shit. Um, <laughs> well, Starting off the business in the recession during 08 was scary as hell, mm -hmm. but I was fortunate enough to know that real estate was a prime opportunity for us to jump in and negotiate. Mm -hmm. um, locked in my Have you been ass. at that spot the whole time? Yeah. 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 And yeah. then you expanded and then expanded next to the next suite into the next suite. And, um, you know, the, the pandemic was crazy, right? Yeah. Just like yeah. yourself. I, I believe a lot of businesses either sink or swim. And I'm like, man, we're, we're knuckling down. We're going to double down and everything and try and take over some market share. And fortunately with, with, you know, my fiance, Jen, um, she's very tech savvy, um, very resourceful. And she's just got that, you know, whenever there's an issue, she's very solution oriented. Right. Mm -hmm. So we're both kind of, we're able to tag team that from that same mindset and kind of get through that. And with, uh, you know, the support of our loyal members and you were, we were doing all sorts of stuff from YouTube videos to, um, zoom workouts to renting out our equipment to, mm -hmm. you know, anything and everything you think of. Right. Yeah. So it was crazy, man. And, uh, navigated through that. And now it's just like, anytime we come across any obstacles, I'm just like, you know, bring it, dude. Mm -hmm. It's, it's an opportunity for us to, to overcome it and thrive. So not, not, not even stressing anymore after 15 years of getting dragged through the trenches, you know? Yeah. So we're good. So, uh, when you got hooked up with Feist, was that already icon or was that evolution? Yeah, that was evolution at the time. Yeah. So, um, there, there were some partners that kind of got brought into it and I didn't really, um, want to get involved with some of their personal relationships that were going on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, wanted more for myself. And like I said, I just started renting, um, a small little, literally out of a jujitsu school through Carlson mm -hmm. Gracie and, uh, ran that for quite some time. And fortunately, uh, 
now that I'm looking back, they had a falling out as far as their business and that forced me to go open up my own place. Mm -hmm. So we locked in our own facility since 09 and that's the same facility we're at currently. Yeah. So, so when you got Feist and Twitch and Deegan and Troy Lee, was your business for a while like predominantly motocross athletes or was it other stuff? Yeah, it was predominantly motocross only at the time. And I kept having, you know, certain people um, approach me about starting a boot camp. I had wives, you know, moto wives that want to jump in, friends and so on and so forth. They had kids. I'm like, you know what, let's go ahead and start it. And it was a struggle, man, you know, starting at five in the morning and then coming home and then uh, I wouldn't finish till 6.30 when my daughter had to get picked up from daycare. Mm -hmm. There were literally at times when I would call the daycare as soon as I finished teaching. I said, hey, I'm running a couple minutes late. She was the last one waiting for me. So yeah. it was like, it was motivation, but it was a grind, man, for years mm -hmm. and uh, a, a struggle. And um, fortunately, like I said, man, we got through that and a lot of hard times being an entrepreneur is not easy. It's not for everybody, as, yeah. as you know. Um, everybody can start a business, but uh, to make it thrive and be successful, there's a lot of people I have to thank for that. You know, the yeah. whole self-made mindset is a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> you know, th th there's yeah. no such thing. I mean, there's, uh, you know, my parents were there to support me, my family, my best friends, yeah. uh, my riders, the, you know, my, my, you know, fiance, there's so many sponsors in the moto industry like yourself that were just anytime I ever needed anything. Mm -hmm. Um, everybody graciously kind of paid it forward and had my back. So I'm really grateful for that, man. Yeah. It's crazy. Cause like, I think back to our company, Swap Mode Live mm -hmm. or DNM Media. Yeah. So we're all partners, right? Mm -hmm. We got Don Wilson and Dominic Gayton, my ad guys, and then Mike Antonovich, myself and Chase Curtis. But Dude, my wife runs our books, right? It's like, I don't know jack shit about running books, <laughs> you know? And, and fortunately, we got hooked up with a really great CPA. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, thank God for sometimes Instagram, right? Like social media is the worst thing, but sometimes it really works for you, right? Because I... if it, It's a tool. And if you know how to utilize it correctly, then yeah, it could be very beneficial. But if you you know, get uh, stuck in the scroll hole and just let it consume your life scroll and be, hole. you know, and, and you become super counterproductive. It's like, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's tough, man. But, but like yeah. you said, social so that's, media that's has changed how, the game of marketing. Big that's time. how I met Greg Starkey, our CPA. Mm -hmm. Like I, I talked to some CPAs and stuff, like several, like they were on uh, great referrals. And I'm like, hey, the reason I'm a writer is I couldn't pass accounting in college. So you got to talk really dumb down to me. And they're like, bah, 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 flying over my head. <laughs> so finally I wrote, is there a dirt bike account in, in my feed? And this guy hit me up and he's badass. And he's super passionate about our subject matter and our business. And I think he feels invested in us because he's been with us since the start. So it's, it makes a big difference to have a team that really likes the subject too, you know? Absolutely. And, and my dear friend, uh, Jamie Ellis from Twisted, um, <clears throat> you know, he's the one that actually referred me to his bookkeeper, uh, mm -hmm. Rachel Guy. And she, it was a total game changer. Yeah. You know, um, you know, trying to do uh, all your QuickBooks yourself and trying to get your P&Ls every month. You're like, dude, I... Just because I'm Asian, I'm not good with numbers. You know what <laughs> oh, I mean? Let like, me use the abacus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, that was a big game changer, and all the legal aspects and being able to grow a team. And like I said, it was just a one man show for quite some time. Yeah. 
And then, um, fortunately or unfortunately, Evolution closed down and I had a couple people hit me up to use our facility. And our team just kind of grew from there. And now mm -hmm. I've got an awesome team that I, you know, I'm very thankful for and very proud of. Um, and they're out there just crushing it. So mm -hmm. I'm there, you know, about 10 to 12 hours a day still, wow. just truthfully, because I love it. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't have to be there, but I, I, I enjoy it that much. So I'm, I'm uh, looking to grow still, um, hopefully within the next couple of years, be in a position to kind of grow multiple facilities, but we're still kind of digging deeper right now. Mm -hmm. So instead of going wider, we're going deeper. So how did you come up with the name icon? Man, so one of my best friends that passed away, his uh, name is Alexi Okanya. He, we were kind of ch chatting about it, and he's like, hey, man, dude, if you want to be best of best, like, what's a word that symbolizes that? And we mm -hmm. kind of strategize and end up being icon, right? You, the icon of every sport or, you know, and they're like, you want to be the best, you got to kind of have that vision for yourself first. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, hopefully it'll manifest itself. Um, so we always stuck with icon, but the sports performance kind of cornered us. People didn't realize that we did a lot of boot camp and personal mm -hmm. training. So we kind of got rid of that. And that's why we focus more on the functional training aspect of it and kind of rebranded over the last two years, took advantage of, of the pandemic as well and, and, and did that and gave icon a facelift. And, uh, yeah, man. So the original logo that we have is still designed by him. Mm -hmm. And so it's 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 a cool story for me because he was a struggling graphic designer 15, 20 years ago when we were kind of playing with idea. Um, and so the lowercase I is lowercase for a reason. There's a vortex around it kind of symbolizing the evolution of yourself, myself as I mm -hmm. and um, being the best version of yourself to grow, to be something bigger, stronger and fortified to be able to help others. Right. Um so it's, it's, it's come a long ways in 15 years, man. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's funny to think about <clears throat> you starting with Ronnie Feist and Twitch, right? Mm -hmm. Like the average person just thinks, oh, dirt bikes, you just twist throttle. It's not hard. But <laughs> even dumber is like motocross guys probably think about the freestyle guys and go, mm -hmm. They're just hitting a jump and turning around all slow. They probably think there's no fitness involved, right? Mm -hmm. But those guys are very athletic, the stuff that they're doing and pulling themselves back from. Oh, it's crazy. I mean, it, it really is, um, you know, watching gymnasts on a dirt bike mm -hmm. and you have to be strong. You have to have, you know, your, your legs are your suspension. Your core is what's being able to control your upper body, um, yanking the bike back, grabbing the, the, your, your bike with your feet. I mean, they're suspended 20, 30 feet in the air. Mm-hmm. You know, with no net underneath them, it's like. Well, would you say that uh, the freestyle movement kind of changed towards more fitness? Like when you start working with Twitch, because do you? I remember that when he got really fit, he started killing it. Oh right? yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, um, not, there's obviously a lot of partying and and goofing off involved, but like he was very serious during the day. Oh man, he he was man. You couldn't tell now because he's always having to size up on his pants. But <laughs> <laughs> but back in the day, that dude used to be shredded, six-pack yeah. and everything. But obviously with the evolution of him being a father and a business owner, DBK, and growing that business, you know, um, he doesn't have to put his his life on the line as much anymore, mm -hmm. right? Now mm -hmm. he's doing it because he enjoys it. I mean, what other freaking 42-year-old goes out and is able to still enjoy doing what they're doing every yeah. weekend at Supercross? But 
man, when he knuckled down, that dude put in work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at the uh, competitions, all the contests it showed, you know. And so that's uh, super stoked on, on being able to knock out a lot of, you know, come home and claim some championships with mm -hmm. him. Same thing with Fice. And then Deegan was like, hey, man, I need to talk to you. I'm like, oh, damn. All right, what's up? So was was <laughs> his Deegan's association with you when you first started all the training and everything? Because, I mean, that's what you think of Deegan now. You think gnarly dude. Right. I mean, that's the thing. So our style of training was very non-traditional. It's very yeah. unconventional. And I've always kind of been that way, right? So I, I come from a stick and ball sports um, background, physical therapy background, um, powerlifting. And so I kind of put everything together and kind of came up with our own methods, especially with martial arts um, and being a big Bruce Lee fan, right? Mm -hmm. As being able to be um, not necessarily a big meathead and being able to throw around heavy weight but being mm -hmm. able to be flexible and have the mobility and flexibility after the full range of motion and that was kind of like what drew me in for freestyles i mean it really is poetic watching these guys go it's, it's beautiful some of the runs mm -hmm. they put together it's just like breathtaking you know yeah um so to be able to be the guy behind the scenes to help them physically and mentally um stay focused is awesome i mean look where it's evolved now to um, what Brian was doing to what, you know, buddy Harry Bink is doing, um, to what Tyler Behrman is doing. It's like the game has evolved mm -hmm. so much. They're doing crazy things out there. I mean, it's, it's awesome. I mean, even Maddo right now is, is still Matt, crushing. Maddo's been a consistent with yeah, you all for he, a long Yeah. Time. Yeah. Maddo's been with, yeah. I mean, we shoot well over a decade. Yeah. You know, and it shows. And he loves to push the envelope. And that's what I respect and admire about all these OG guys. Brian, Feist, Twitch, uh, Matto, is they're the ones that really paved the way um, for the next generation to kind of fill in, you know, their, their shoes. But there's a lot of physicality behind it. I mean, if you see Harry, Harry's a freaking beast. Yeah, he's You know, really he puts in work. Yeah. Uh, Jacko Strong, you know, th those guys, those Aussies. They're, they're, they're a different breed and I love them to death, but, um, there's a lot of things that they, people don't see behind the scenes of, of the party and going out and living that lifestyle is when it kind of comes down to buckling down, those they dudes put, put work. In, work. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Was there a learning curve for you to, uh, come from this sports education to refine your training technique and what benefits a two-wheeled athlete? Yeah, absolutely. The traditional stick and ball sports and transitioning the methodologies um, into dirt bikes on two wheels was very different for me, but that's what excited me. I got kind of burnt out doing tennis, basketball, football. Love it, but I was ready for my next challenge, mm -hmm. right? And then I saw myself being able to have the opportunity to implement what where my heart was um, and, and being able to have a blank canvas and kind of mold whatever I needed into, you know, being with some of the top athletes. Mm -hmm. And especially having a background in physical therapy, seeing these guys, their injuries, my goodness, that'd be a career ending injury in any stick and ball sports, which <laughs> yeah. made me love these athletes even more. Yeah. And um, to see their heart, to be able to get back on the freaking bike and go out and freaking throw down again. It's like, man, it's relentless, man. It's, you know, one of my guys right now, uh, Vince Freese's, he's back riding again. And people are like, how the hell did you get him back like so quick? But 
they don't see everything that we do on a day to day basis, the discipline that they got to go through and the physical therapy mark working with Marco and, you know, uh, Forkner, same deal, you know, had so much promise this, this coming year. Unfortunately, dirt bikes, it's, it's a brutal sport, man. Yeah. You know, so I want to be in the corner and kind of get my guys ready for a fight and, uh, you know, win, lose or draw. I, I got to be in my guy's corner. Right. Mm -hmm. What about the, uh, freestyle training like program mm -hmm. versus motocross They're, they have to be a little different oh yeah no completely different <clears throat> completely different mm -hmm. energy systems stuff like that you know when they're doing uh freestyle you want full extension you want big tricks i mean most of their runs were 60 to 90 second runs completely different from supercross which is completely different from motocross right um you know even working with colton haker in the past and stuff like that and doing um, you know, enduro cross. It's it's everybody thinks that being on a just because you're on a dirt bike that's on two wheels <laughs> that it's all the same. It is absolutely not. And you know, any rider that 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 rides dirt bikes will tell you that. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, guys that kind of muscle through um, and have that men mental grit, outdoors fantastic. You know, they got a lot uh, deeper base, muscular endurance. Their cardio is just bananas shorter high intensity sprints doing 15 20 laps on super cross track you just got to be butter you got to be so silky smooth mm -hmm. um versus freestyle it's like wham bam thank you man mm -hmm. you got you got freestyle seconds. guys you do a lot of stretching with them i mean i've <laughs> i've taken pictures of you stretching like twitch and mm -hmm. like yep. oh i could do something funny with this yeah of course but i mean <laughs> the the flexibility and the stretching that those guys do has to be more intensive than the racers, right? Or no, I guess racing, you need to be flexible. Yeah, I was, not, not necessarily. So they, they would be equivalent. And I would say in working with athletes of, of every sport, I mean, not just dirt bikes, the facet of their fitness that they miss most is the flexibility and the mobility work, right? Mm -hmm. So everybody wants to go in and lift and get on their bike and pedal or go trail run or lift weights, grab their kettlebell, all that good stuff, which is fantastic. But the game has changed so much as far as evolution of fitness mm -hmm. and the pre-workout exercise. I mean, I would say out of the four or five days of physical activity that we're doing, two of those days are dedicated unilateral work and mobility work, making sure that we're stretching and we're lengthening because all that pounding on the bike at the track, I mean, it takes a toll on their body. Mm -hmm. um, so the majority of their hard work, quote unquote, is at the track. Everything else is supplemental, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know how that goes. I mean, people can train on in the gym five days a week, but if they jump on the dirt bike one day a week, it's they're still going to be there. That that on the bike conditioning is not you know prevalent at that time. So mm -hmm. for me, the fr most important thing is hop on that bike and and let's put in laps and build their base up from there. Mm -hmm. So um, we kind of listen to the body, see how you know they respond, see how the body recovers, um, and then we kind of develop the programs based around that. Nice. Um, Charles, we're going to take a quick break here from uh, Yoshimura. Everybody, welcome back to the Midweek Podcast presented by Yoshimura here with Charles Dow of Icon. Wait, what is it? Icon Fitness Studio. Icon Fitness Studio. Okay. Or Soccer Mom Boot Camp. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so dude, for 
the listeners, the viewers, give me the rundown of all the guys you've worked with. Motocross, Supercross, Freestyle. Oh, man. Okay, it's like, so let me reel it back. I guess I'll start off with Vice since he was the origin. Um, Jeremy Stenberg, as we all know, is Twitch. Brian Deegan, David Pingery, uh, Josh Hansen, Tara Geiger, Seiko Seeley. Um, Justin Brayton, you know, Brayton and I had a very, actually still have a very close relationship. I mean, we trained together for seven years, so that's my dude. Um, Vince Freese, Talon Hawkins is racing right now. Um, Austin Forkner is still racing right now. Uh, Justin Hills making his comeback. He's one of my guys. Um, geez. You said Josh Hill, um, Jesse Nelson. Jesse Nelson, Christian Craig, Christian Craig. That's my dude too, man. I, I love that guy. I mean, our history together, our, our, our relationship, he, uh, ended up almost getting paralyzed. Yeah. Remember that? Um, back when he was riding for TLD and that was my personal first experience having an athlete go through an injury like that. Oh, so wow. I took that very personally. Right. So my heart was torn for him and we kind of chatted and kind of put a game plan together and constant communication, just kind of keep his, his spirits uplifted. And he took his, I remember he took his first steps in the studio, taking his crutches off and, and man, he was in tears, yeah, you know? So for me, that was very rewarding, very validating what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, you know, love that dude. So I'm hoping to see him make a recovery right now and, and go out there and kill it on that rocks are Husky. So, yeah. Um, worked with Dino worked with, uh, Jay Marmont worked with, geez, Louise, um, Matto, Deegan's, Hayden Deegan. I mean, talk about the future of the sport, mm-hmm. you know? So Hayden was a little grom and yeah. <laughs> being knucklehead, but, uh, he's still a knucklehead, but he's, he's grown into his shoes really well. So you got st- Haley Deegan in there as well. Right? Haley. Haley's my girl. Um, she's out there in North Carolina crushing it and trying to make her way. And it, it's a tough sport, man. Um, especially where literally it's a male dominated sport. Mm -hmm. Um, so she's holding her own and, and making it happen. So always knew from a young age, she would be a superstar and, uh, raised by two very tough, independent, uh, strong willed parents and look what they've created, Mm -hmm. you know? So stoked to be able to watch them through the ranks and their entire childhood to see where they are right now. is really cool. Yeah. Okay. So people that in the past that have thought of Charles Dow's, training program and everything they probably think oh it's just for like these elite guys and stuff but you have tons of like regular people customers right or oh yeah yeah clients? yeah no I, I i still work with i mean currently i work with a lot of uh you know doctors lawyers attorneys ceos so on and so forth um and you know i work with housewives work with um yeah. high school kids middle school kids and and we've got a team of trainers that you know I refer them to, you know, and so we keep it all, everything all in house. So it's just not about me anymore, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I've kind of taken a step back as far as being the face of, of icon and just kind of focusing on, on my family personally. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some goals that I, I've want to try and knock out myself. Um, you know, Brooklyn 16 right now, and she's heavily involved in three varsity sports as a sophomore. So mm-hmm. trying to guide her through that. And then I've got Kehlani who's three and, 
that girl's going to be something else. She's three already? Yeah, she's three, wow. man. Pretty crazy. <laughs> Time you know? flies. And, uh, you know, for, for myself, I knocked out a couple of ultras a couple a couple years back and tried to raise some money for, to bring awareness to to our buddies that, you know, his, his three-year-old son at the time had um, been diagnosed with leukemia. Mm. So we want to do a fundraiser, and they're like, oh, yeah, we should do this trail run up in Big Bear. I'm like, all right, I'm mentally tough. I think I can, I can do this. Man, got my ass served. <laughs> I mean, swear to you, I, I saw Jesus three or four times. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, after that, kind of took it on as a personal challenge. I kind of had a chip on my shoulder and mm-hmm. did uh, my first 50K uh, trail run. And then I did a, uh, the next year I did a 50 miler. And I just completed another uh, 50K. And it's, it, it teaches you something else, man, mm-hmm. uh, when you're out there. And, and here's the thing. I don't come from a running background. I actually don't like running. Mm-hmm. But I like what it does for me mentally and physically. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a passion now that I like to share with a lot of people. And Yeah. You're a good swimmer, though, right? Because you swam here? <laughs> no, 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 no. It was a boat. I <laughs> rode boat. here. Okay. <laughs> I did swim. I actually swam for, uh, shoot, I want to say six years in water polo for three years up until eighth grade. But yeah, man, it's uh, it's no joke. I love the ocean, man. I'm 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 a seaman for life. Mm-hmm. I, I love being in the ocean. That's that's my happy place. Okay, so back it up a little bit. Uh, back in the Transworld days, I remember Jordan Powell mm. did a little piece with you. Yep. Um, okay, we always tease each other yeah. about. You know, being Asian or whatever, but but you're actually are you actually Vietnamese? Yes. I'm so full did you Vietnamese. come? Were you born in Vietnam? No, both both my parents came here from Vietnam during the war. Mm-hmm. Um, my uh, both my parents, like you know, all jokes aside, came over on on uh, boats, mm-hmm. and it was crazy, man. And and I think that's why I personally work so hard is because I'm very grateful for my parents being able to be here to the greatest mm-hmm. you know country in the world. And to to give me a fighting chance, it would be a dishonor to them. Yeah. If I didn't make something myself, right? Um, and my father saw his best friend in the military that got a grenade thrown at him, and he jumped on it to save the rest of the platoon. Mm-hmm. You know, and and stuff stories like that that you hear, it's just like, man, life could have been so different. I mean, mm-hmm. I might I could not be here, right? Um, and my mother just, you know, there were actual pirates that would take over these boats and um, rape the women, kill them, throw them overboard. Um, so I couldn't even imagine some of the stories, mm-hmm. you know? So like I said, when they came here to the United States, it was land of free for them. It's like, dude, if we can make it here, we can make it anywhere. So mm-hmm. um, just, I feel like that runs really strong in my blood. Um, and it's always a constant reminder to just like, if you work hard, you can literally turn, you know, your dreams into reality mm-hmm. if you're willing to not give up. And that's kind of, you know, my, 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 my three pillars for even icon. Um, the first one is, is, you know, discipline, right. Is not just doing something great once It's waking up every day and doing it, even on the days you don't want to do it. And then the whole mental grit is being able to have the mental fortitude to push through the mm-hmm. obstacles that are hard. And then, at the end of the day is being grateful for everything. So, you know, those, those are my three, three, uh, pillars of, of icon is discipline, grit, and gratitude. So, um, and it stems back 
full circle to to my parents coming here to the United States to be able to provide for you know me and my siblings. Mm-hmm. So uh, you're were you born in Orange County then? Yeah, in Orange County in Fountain Valley, Fountain. Um, right there in, in uh, Fountain Valley uh, <clears throat> Hospital. Uh, born and raised in Westminster. And uh, so right around Mile Square Park and all that good stuff. And Okay, let me ask you this because I have another uh, really good Vietnamese friend, mm-hmm. Tommy. He runs a, he owns a, a pho restaurant <laughs> in Yorba Linda, uh-huh. but he's very, very successful, right? Yeah. But uh, um, he's also heavily into mountain biking. And But anyway, growing up Vietnamese in Orange County, like were you – tempted or associated with any of the gangs like the asian gangs and stuff uh yes because he was yeah you know yeah i i was for sure and um you know i've i've, I've done a lot of things that i'm i'm not um very proud of you mm-hmm. know affiliated with uh, a lot of guys that did a lot of bad things um you know i'm not going to get into too much detail but mm-hmm. let's just say that they're things that weren't so honorable right yeah um what and, turned your life around? Man, uh, some of the, the, the crews that I used to run with, I basically was a mule, right? Mm-hmm. So anybody who, who used to run a game um, would know what a mule is. After they're done with you, you're, you're 86, you're done with yeah. it. And you kind of disappear. And the guy who brought me in was a big brother who, for whatever reason, ended up loving me like a little brother. He's mm-hmm. like, hey, man, like we're going to cut you loose and you got to go like, get out of here, get far away. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I did what I had to do to put myself and pay myself to get through college. And at that time I was like, all right, it's time for me to freaking make a move. And that's why one of the reasons why I want to start a new life. And yeah. in it's Marietta. funny because your, your attitude is all like Tommy's mm. like, cause I mean, he grew up like that yeah. and he's one of the, the most virtuous guys that I know. Yeah. yeah. You know, I saw a lot of pretty life, you know, changing things that, uh, yeah. you know, still hit home till today. And, and I'll, I'll never forget that. And like I said, man, everybody goes through different seasons of life. And that, that season, I'm, I'm glad it's done and over with. And I don't want my daughters to be anything around that associated with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not a life I, I, I want to provide anymore or be around, like I said. So... If if I needed to, still could make some phone calls, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're good, man. Those days are over. I, I close that chapter and move forward. So now, like, again, so I think this is it. It all is um, synonymous to where I am right now. My chapter of life is I want to do good for people because I've seen so much bad. I've mm-hmm. want to bring up positivity because I've seen so much negativity. Right? Yeah. Um, I want to provide hope because I've seen people without hope. And, uh, yeah, uh, it, it, as long as I continue to stay along those lines and, and move forward, onward and upward, I, I think uh, I'll get my message across and, and mm-hmm. change some lives. So. It's funny because I had a period in my life I'm not very proud of, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in probably my 20s, I think. It was just like, damn, how did I live like that? You know, yeah. really, how, how did I live like that and sleep at night? Yeah. But... uh you just make up for it by being a good person now. Yeah, absolutely. And and you're 100% spot on because I look back so many times and literally my small circle of friends growing up from high school throughout college, half of them are dead. Mm. Not for natural 
causes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And the rest of us, you know, I've, I've done what little success I have. I kind of became an entrepreneur on, in my own way, but the other one's a very successful attorney. The other one's a, a very successful doctor. Mm-hmm. And we all grew up doing the same dumb bullshit, yeah. running the streets, being knuckleheads, getting involved with all sorts of things. I look now and I'm like, you know, <laughs> like I said, I'm, I'm very grateful to have gotten out of that lifestyle. Yeah. What, what led you to want to go to college and, uh, and what did you sports sports therapy as well? Yeah, sports you? medicine. Yeah. yeah. So my dad and I, he uh till this day, we, we we never had a good relationship growing up. I always respected him hands down the hardest worker and the most frugal man I've ever met in my life. It just happens to be my dad, right? And so just a little glimpse of of um my childhood growing up is he was so proud of of being able to provide me um a Nintendo back in the days, right? The Uh original Duck Hunt and Super Mario Brothers, right? And Contra. And one day I was so fixated on playing. He was talking to me and I kind of ignored him. And dude, he picked that thing up and smashed it on (laughs) my head. (laughs) Yeah. Bled everywhere. After that day, never played another video game in my life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, his point was, man, I, I worked my ass off to be able to provide a life for you, to be able to have just this entertainment system to play with. Mm-hmm. And you're going to disrespect me by ignoring me done. Yeah. Not going to happen. Dude, is that an Asian dad thing? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, so when I was racing three wheelers, you know, old Kawasaki yeah. two stroke, right? So in the two stroke days, spark plugs go bad, right? Or they mm-hmm. foul and you got to put a new spark plug in. So I'm working on my three wheeler one day and my dad comes and goes, Hey, I got you a box of spark plugs, right? <laughs> it was probably two, probably 12 spark plugs in this box, probably like 70, 80 bucks. Mm-hmm. And he goes, here you go. And I was working on my bike. Oh, thanks. And I literally got it and just kind of like, and, you know, threw it maybe less than a foot down, right? Uh-huh. Onto the ground. And he goes, God damn it. <laughs> you know, because spark plugs are made out of porcelain, right? Uh-huh. He's like, God, don't set he picks it up and just goes <laughs> it slams him on the ground like you know, fired up my dad was like that right uh-huh. he get, he get pissed if I was stupid yeah no I mean there was times when we were out at a, a restaurant like and this is during like New Year's like Lunar New Year's and so family relatives everybody's there and we're sitting there and he says something I can't remember and my, my response was I kind of raised an eyebrow at him this dude picked up the plate and smashed it on my head in front of everybody. I'm sitting there, got food on my damn head. I am bleeding. Everyone's sitting there just like looking down, eating their food. Like what in the hell just happened, right? But he's very militant like that, right? Because if you take a look at, think back of where he came from in third world country. I mean, mm-hmm. straw huts and getting hung by their feet and caned on their back, butt naked. Like, all right, cool. That's, I, I here, I mean, you're going straight to jail if you try yeah, that, yeah, you know, yeah. so... You know, a lot of the physical, um, you know, punishment that I, I experienced with my dad was I know now that I was out of love. And that's kind of not necessarily acceptable, so to say, these days, but yeah. it's more understandable. Mm-hmm. And uh, so at uh, 19, you know, we got in, into it and he was going to beat my ass again. Mm-hmm. And I looked at him. I said, look, dude. Not again. 
because at that time I was lifting yeah. a lot. So I, that's why I was so good in sports, especially martial arts, is I would channel that energy and just take it out on whoever my opponent was. Mm-hmm. I had nothing to lose. I mean, when you come home and your dad beating the shit out of you, it's like, who is this teenager? Bring it. <laughs> you ain't got shit on me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So at that point, just out of respect for my relationship with my dad, he kind of gave me the boot and I was kind of couch surfing for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And once again, when it but goes, it's crazy that you decided, yo, I'm going to college instead yeah. of just getting some bullshit job or. Yeah. You know what? Cause at the time being an entrepreneur, I didn't know what the hell being an entrepreneur meant. Mm-hmm. Right. So the traditional, um, you know, pathway for quote unquote Asians at that time, all I knew was the next step is college. And then from there, you got to be a doctor, an attorney or engineer, you know, like I said, so I was like, okay, cool. Well, no, come on, dude. Were you like at that time? College, nail salon, (laughs) college, (laughs) massage parlor. (laughs) (laughs) No, Yeah. But you know, it's a thing. So you see that, that hustle, of nail salons because i have family members that are in in that industry mm-hmm. um and even in the in the food industry doing fun um and it's a hustle so any which way you go whatever industry you get in it's going to be a hustle it's going to be a mm-hmm. grind and, and you're going to do things that you freaking hate but you still got to be gritty no matter what right and have discipline to, to be successful but um as far as the college thing goes it's just like man all right, I got to figure this out because I don't know what the hell I want to do. Mm-hmm. I can, I, you know, that's why I got involved in a lot of things I shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thankful to be able to come out of, um, because without that, I, I don't know how I would have paid for college, you know? So full-time mm-hmm. student, um, I was trying to make better of myself while running the streets, being a knucklehead. And when I graduated, I graduated with zero student debt, which is wow at that time okay. unheard of. But when you're a mule doing a bunch of nonsense stuff, getting away with stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know. Okay, so that you, was during college. That was during college. Wow. Yes, during high school and college. All the while, it's just like, man, I, I know. But that's pretty badass. You were doing that shady shit, paying for school. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. It definitely yeah. wasn't the most honorable way by any means. But so, then I also had a legit job, right? So I was a tennis coach. Um, and, and I was doing that and I was very, I don't know, man, it it, it, it was like, uh, you know, I was always big into, uh, Marvel and seeing all these superheroes live two lives. And during the daytime, they'd be this super, you, you know, like seriously, uh-huh. right. Is, is they'd be the super studious, honorable person, just white collar doing X, Y, Z, trying to, you know, white picket fence and at nighttime they'd would be these badass freaking superheroes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fighting criminals doing this or whatever. And so that kind of was how my life was for mm-hmm. the three years. And I graduated in three and a half years. Wow. You know? So mm-hmm. I was very studious. I'm not smart by any means, but I always worked hard. So um, once I graduated, like that summer that I graduated from high school in 2000, I started um, summer classes already because mm-hmm. I knew that it would be cheaper to pay for yeah. Right, yeah. the intercessions versus trying to get all my um, a my AA classes mm-hmm. for two years. I'm like, man, there's got to be a fast track to this. So I was kind of good at life hacking, yeah. right? Um, so when you're running the streets, you're always trying to figure out different ways to manipulate yeah. the system. Um, and so I, I I wasn't book smart. I would say I'm more street smart and people mm-hmm. smart. What was your uh, 
Marvel superhero name? New Doll Man? Uh, new Doll Man? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unlike you, Wonton Don. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So it was, it was, it was fun times, but uh, I think that, that built the foundation for me to be where I'm at today. Mm -hmm. Right. That's so. awesome. See, this, this is cool getting you in here because I didn't know this part about you, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, but that, that's why I value relationships so much and mm -hmm. friendships. They go a long ways because I had, I've lost so many friends yeah. um, that used to run with me. And to see the ones that are still with me right now be very successful, that's, that's kind of unheard of, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I cherish that and I value that and, and all my guys. And I think it, it goes into um, my relationships with my pro athletes, all these riders after all these years, I'm still very dear friends with all of them. Mm -hmm. And even though we don't work together, it's, it's not one of those, I don't take shit personally, you know? Um, so there's, there's new opportunity and, and, uh, to see everybody be successful at, at their, um, own story is, is awesome. Mm -hmm. So even like you, like, truthfully, I mean, even mm -hmm. when you transitioned out of trans world, that was scary times. That's why I was reached out and be like, hey, what can I do? What can I do to help out? And, and that's how you yeah. know who your real friends are, right? Yeah. Um, it, it's so easy to ask for, for help from people when, when they're, you know, doing well for themselves. But when they're down and out, all of a sudden it becomes crickets. Mm -hmm. That's when you feel and know who your real friends are. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah man. Um, fortunate to have a, a big circle of friends so like yourself yeah been Dude, crazy do you, crazy do you ride. remember when crazy uh, ride remember when i came into icon and you trained me do you remember the first time i couldn't do a lunge or a squat no nah, man and do you remember i threw up outside yeah, you end up throwing <laughs> up that's that's it's it's funny that you said there's a large majority of guys that first come in and go out there and great on on two wheels and crush it at the track but then all of a sudden we do something physically active they're just like they pop yeah. You know, um, has so many stories like that, but that just shows how important, um, strength conditioning is to the mm -hmm. sport. I mean, look at everybody now, everyone's got a trainer and I'm proud to be able to look back 15 years ago and be like, Hey, I was the One beginning of, the of that, ones, yeah. right? One of the OGs at the time and still doing it. Um, and I never raced professionally. I mean, I just learned to ride a dirt bike a year ago. Yeah. You know, which is crazy. They're like, man, how the hell you train professional freaking dirt bike riders for a living? You don't even know how to ride. I'm like, exercise physiology, right? Mm -hmm. So I understand the body. I understand the chemistry, um, you know, that, that your body's required. I understand biomechanics, um, positioning, and how your body responds, and what positions, what muscles are being utilized. I understand from a mental standpoint as well, being an athlete myself. Um, so it's, you know, the sports nutrition aspect, how, how that plays into different heart rates and so on and so forth. I mean, I don't want to get all geeky, but I'll leave it at that. Right. Tell me about that dirt biking experience, the learn to ride. I, when I saw the pictures on your Instagram, I was like, Oh boy, here it goes. <laughs> you know what? It was actually super, super cool. Cause it was, uh, uh cause I mean, I, I seen you ride a mountain bike. <laughs> That's not really riding. That's me being a crash test dummy, man. <laughs> like everybody loves to be behind me so they can get freaking live footage of me eating shit, <laughs> you know? Um, but riding dirt bike was super cool. Um, you know, Husky had put up a, um, an event out of Johnson Valley and um, they provided all the bikes and such a cool experience. Was it Babes Ride Out? <laughs> 
<laughs> That's right. <laughs> Come on, man. I uh, so the whole family got to enjoy it, and mm-hmm. Jen rides. She grew up racing and stuff like that. Um, and she works at KTM. And she, yeah, she works at KTM. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, and then my daughter Brooklyn's such a free spirit. She's always wanting to try new sports, and she's mm-hmm. like, "Dad, can can I ride too?" I'm like, "Yeah, for sure." So take advantage of the whole family going. And uh, Kaylani was out there riding her Stasic, and uh, we got a camp out there. And then I had Quinn Cody basically coach me, and basically like, what a, what a cool experience, right? Yeah. Um, and so he kind of took me out into the to the lake bed and just kind of showed me just the fundamentals. Um, and that was super cool. And then Brooklyn got really hooked. Really? Oh, she, she, that's, you know, she just turned 16 and what she want to do for her, her birthday. And like most girls want to go get their hair done and go do this and get their nails done or whatever, go to a massage. She wanted to go ride dirt bikes. Nice. And I was like, dude, this is badass, mm-hmm. you know? So, and then she gave me an earful. Dad, how come you've been training professional dirt bike riders for 15, you know, years and, <laughs> You haven't ever exposed me. I'm like, dude, I don't know what to tell you. I guess I'm a shitty dad, dude. <laughs> you know? But uh, yeah, she loves it now. And so it's, it's a great opportunity for the entire family to go out and enjoy riding together. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. I still suck, and I'm not going to, you won't see me trying to race any, you know, uh, swap moto races anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's, it's, it's a blast. What a cool experience. Yeah, I mean, it's cool that you're uh, participating now. Now you have a firsthand knowledge of what your athletes do, right? Yeah, 100%. Like, did you even, this has to be surprising to you, right? Because even at your beginner's pace and learning, the anxiety, the, the holding on tight, holding your breath, you probably were exhausted riding around the way you were. Yeah, I mean, it, I didn't ride out a track, so the intensity wasn't too high, but just out on the trails in itself, yeah, for sure. I, you know, I was taxed, but, you know, I ride some mountain bikes here and there and some of the body position transitions over. So I had a good base. Um, and I, you know, from being at all the races for so many damn years, I'm always constantly watching and, and I'm good at mimicking. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, I can watch and I can so kind of replicate. Did you so. ride more like freezy or forking? <laughs> none, none of the above. Dude. No? Th- those guys are badasses. I mean, both their styles are so different, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm I'm in a class of my own. Freaking. What were you telling yourself in your head? Were you like, don't concentrate on the finger? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, for sure. No, it, it's uh, th- there was just so much going on, you know, from learning the clutch to yeah. Yeah, breaks and so on and so forth, not eating shit, and you know, have you crashed yet? No, not hard. No, not hard. Um, you know, some, some tip over and stuff like that. And truthfully, the funny thing, my, the, the toughest part about riding for me from, for my first experience was getting on the bike. Cause I was too short. Oh yeah. Right. Dude, bikes are tall. Yeah. So it, 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 it sounds funny and, but that was the biggest thing. And then Quinn, you know, being the big guy he is, he's like, I've never encountered that problem before. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, because you, you know, yeah. I'm four foot two on a good day, bro. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so getting on the bike was was the hardest part. And once I got on, I was fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, you know, clicking gears, no problem. Having having a blast. What did they put you on? Uh, it was a Husky three fifty. <laughs> Your first bike? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I would have stuck you on like a free ride. No, and then like... well, that's the thing. So and then after that, that's what I rode was okay, the free yeah. ride, and that was freaking. Walk so in the park. Yeah. So much damn fun. I yeah. mean, that that's what Brooklyn wants, right? I mean, that free ride is dope, man. Yeah. 
Um, so we'll probably end up investing in, in buying one for the family and stuff like that. But yeah, this, uh, that 350 was dope. I mm-hmm. actually really liked it. And so I think we might get a dual sport of some sort. And, but right now it, it was just a, such a cool experience for the whole family. And, um, but for myself getting on and get off was, was the most difficult part. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm racing. 50 class at the mm-hmm. races and I, I have starting blocks because <laughs> I'm too short. Yeah. But, so, uh, yeah, it won't see me racing anytime soon. <laughs> okay. So as far as racers this year, currently the highest profile is Austin Forkner and yeah. Vince Freezy, right? Yeah. Vince Both Freezy. guys coming back from injuries. Vince, mm-hmm. uh, Achilles tendon. Yep. And Forkner was, his knee was just destroyed, right? Oh, completely obliterated. You know, so um, I've got Forkner this year. I've got Freecy. We've got Sealy coming back and doing uh, the World Supercross Series. Mm-hmm. Talon Hawkins, um, you know, being his rookie year, it was kind of, we weren't really sure. Personally, I would have liked to see another year of him um, doing the futures and then transition him over because from mm-hmm. outdoors going into Supercross is such a different sport, mm-hmm. you know, so it's not even, you know, apples to apples at that point. Um but, you know, and I got uh, Josh Hill, Justin Hill, um, and just Justin's finally starting to feel comfortable on the bike and getting his legs back underneath him and having being being a dad. And he's trying to juggle everything mm-hmm. right now and, and learning how it feels to be a professional racer while maintaining a quality family life, which is a very tough balance. Um, you know, and Noah Viney, Noah's going out there and, and doing his thing. He's hurt right now, right? Yeah. he's Well, he just got released to start riding okay. this week, literally yeah. this week. Does he talk to you? What do you mean? Like, uh, it is <laughs> silent, dude. Well, here, here's the thing. So me, me and Ulf, his dad, are dear, dear friends. That, yeah. that's, that's my boy. And he's like, Charles, he, he actually talks to you. And I'm like, yeah, because I talk shit to him and he doesn't like it, right? So yeah. I kind of put him in, in uncomfortable situations so that way I can get a response. I yeah. go in there and I tell him he's a little bitch or I tell him he sucks at this. And I'm and that's not typical of me, right, um, to, to talk down on somebody. But then I finally get a response. I'm like, okay, cool. He responds to this. Yeah. At least he's talking, trying to build that confidence up but no he's that that kid's got a, a lot of talent as well so we we have a lot of we have a lot of fun and seeing him crack some smiles from being that stern face to smiling mm-hmm. and laughing he's like all right yeah. i'm gonna fuck with you <laughs> where's uh where's forkner at in his recovery right now do you think we'll see him ride at all this year yeah yeah i'm not gonna let the cat out of the bag but he's he's recovering really well mm-hmm. um and you know he, he he's got a goal to um come back towards the tail end of of uh outdoors mm-hmm. and um you know so he's working things out with his team and and his uh team manager and his agent all that good stuff so we're all behind him and he's uh dr g is doing a great job with his rehab out mm-hmm. in orange county right now so he's sees g two to three days a week and then the days that he's not out there he's with me two three days a week and obviously he does a lot of things on his own as well so he's he's got the eye of the tiger, man. That guy, I I, I tell you, he's gonna be a uh, a force to reckon with. So he's he's hungry, and um, you know, there's a lot of shit talking going on, you know, that that he hears, and all it's doing is fueling his fire. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to have him. Why have Why him do back. you think uh, some guys crash and get hurt? I mean, and then other guys bounce off the ground. Uh you know what? It, it's kind of depends on the level of, of their, of their crash. Right. I mean, that one was pretty brutal. I mean, yeah. ain't, ain't nobody getting up out of yeah, after yeah. that one. Um, so I think it's, um, 
I was talking with Dungey about it, and for him, it's a matter of calculating his risk management. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can get in the top five out of the gate, I'm going to sit in that position. I don't need to win the race within the first lap. Right. And so he likes, you know, people will criticize him and so on and so forth for not being aggressive enough or whatever and leading, just dominating. But all in all, it's it's not about winning the battles, about winning the war. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was one of the biggest things that that he shared with me, which made sense. Um, and we kind of talked to to uh, Forkner about that as well after his injury kind of. Mm-hmm. It's like, what can I learn from this? You could only get hurt so many times before you're just like, man, what's the silver lining now? Yeah. Right. And so that was our big takeaway is risk assessment mm-hmm. is being able to kind of gear down a little bit, not necessarily, you know, your that 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 first turn trying to get the whole shot and winning, you know, that first corner. That that's not how races are won. Mm-hmm. Right. So um so it's more of a mental game and strategy than it is physicality. He's physically fit, and a lot of these guys that we were talking about earlier is is they don't stretch enough their flexibility. Mm-hmm. So I want them to be more like Gumby, uh, more to be like a, a gymnast where they're very you know, super powerful, very strong, mm-hmm. but limber at the same time. Um, so being able to have the balance of their strength, um, their cardio, as well as flexibility is is critical. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're uh, we're gonna wrap it up here pretty soon. But for someone listening to this, say they're a, a vet guy or a novice beginner type guy, <clears throat> what's the best way to get in shape to finish a moto strong on the weekends? I mean, is there a simple answer to that? There is no simple answer to that except for at the track try and do race simulations, right? Mm-hmm. So it's on the bike stuff as well. And, and and even as a strength and conditioning coach, I'll be the first to admit and tell you that is you can try on race day to pull something out. But if you don't practice that during the week on the bike, man, your nerves, the physiology, your, you know, heart rate, it's not going to respond the way you need it to. So mm-hmm. that is the most important thing. That's the first thing um, is on the bike conditioning. After that, then we can scale back and be like, all right, well, where was your heart rate? And kind of figure out mm-hmm. where your condition needs to be. We can build your, your cardio program based on that. Hey, my arms were exhausted. I you know, was getting arm pump. Okay, well, how strong is your core? Mm-hmm. How strong are your legs? Let's go ahead and reassess and so on and so forth. Or I couldn't keep my arms up. And, then, you know, all that kind of uh, falls into play after. Then we kind of go into the nutrition aspect. Were you hydrated? You know, how much did you feel 48 hours ahead of time? Mm-hmm. Those are all things that we kind of dive into with the pro riders. But for a weekend warrior, try and put in some solid motos during the weekdays. Yeah. Okay. Someone listening lives in Southern California. They want to get involved with you. What's the easiest way to contact you? Best way is to uh, hit us up on social media, whether it be Facebook or Instagram at IconFitStudio. Um, DM us and we will reply with you, you know, within 48 hours, 24 hours Mm -hmm. and, uh, any way we can help, whether you're an amateur, a weekend warrior, um, you know, a friend that just likes to, to, to ride for fun, a pro athlete, hit us up. We love to help people out. So we love the industry and, uh, want to keep pushing the envelope for many families to continue enjoying dirt bikes, Mm -hmm. you know? So awesome, dude. Thanks for coming by. Thanks, and, Wonton uh, Don. Appreciate it. And thanks for everything that you do for me personally as a friend and uh, for the <coughs> moto industry as a whole. So 
Oh. Stoked for you, brother. Keep nice. up the good work. All right. You guys, thanks for uh, checking out the Yoshimura Midweek Podcast with Charles Dow. Take care, guys.